Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 310th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton of K. Barton Tools, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean Wisniewski of The Corner Workshop. Today, we're asking Julio Vargas the five questions. So welcome back to the show, Hulu. Hey, Kyle. Good to be back. Well, first off, let's start into how did you get into woodworking? Uh, woodworking. I guess uh, primarily I started with it as shop help in the restoration and refinishing shop. Mm-hmm. There was a man who had the company called Chapin's Furniture, and he needed shop help. So once I saw the ad, I called him up and I got an interview. He took a chance on me, which was great. And I started there, like I said, shop help. And then sooner or later, I started doing a little bit of repair on the mm-hmm. furniture. And I kind of took to that very well. I enjoy puzzles. I like fixing stuff. And I remember sometimes we used to get literally like boxes and chairs. And the customer would say, here's a chair. Try to assemble it and fix it. And that's pretty much led me down the road to building newer stuff and chairs as well. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. When you say that he took a chance with you, I mean, were you completely green, unexperienced? Absolutely. Wow. I was 20, and he just, uh, we had a decent, really good interview, and for some reason, he hired me, and I stood with him for a very long time, and I learned a lot of stuff from him. We're still very good friends. Uh, He still has his shop, and once in a while, if I'm, I go, we visit each other, and I'm very good friends with his son as well, and they do a lot of great stuff. Hmm. That's so, super cool. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so there was no uh, woodworking in your family or background before that? You know what? I actually found out recently um, my grandmother was in town. She was visiting from Mexico, and I found out that uh, my grandfather, which I've actually never met, is my uh, my mother's dad, mm-hmm. and uh, he used to be, and I never knew that. Hmm. Wow. And, so it was great to find out that somebody in the family used to do it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I think she still has a couple of pieces that he did. And, um, yeah, that's actually pretty interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. Wow. That's That kind of reminds me of, of me a little bit because uh, my uh, grandfather on my mother's side was uh, a woodworker for a time. And... Uh, and uh, had a lot of planes and stuff of that nature. But unfortunately, my great aunt sold them all before I got into woodworking. Oh. So. <laughs> like, damn it. <laughs> but those were all I, great Stanley stuff, pre-World War II stuff. Yeah. I, very similar thing happened to me. Uh, my daughter's kindergarten teacher, great teacher, Miss Finoni. Um, I made her a small box, uh, like a keepsake box, I guess you would call it. And we gave it to her at the end of the year because she had a great impact on my daughter. And it turns out to be that her dad used to be a woodworker. And she had just told me, like, she's like, oh, if I would have known you were a woodworker, I just gave all my father's tools away. He was a, oh. he did everything by hand, oh. had a correction. And she's like, I just gave it to the museum. I was like, oh, oh. just that stomach sunk. I was like, oh. Get it back from the museum. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you can always take it back. <laughs> the same feeling she just gave everything away yeah the only the only thing i have is this one stubby chisel i think sean you saw that mm-hmm. 
I have this one little stubby chisel that he used to have. And I mean, the handle on it has been whacked so many times, but the wood on it almost looks like it's petrified. <laughs> it's not, but it looks like it. And uh, yeah, so I did at least sharpen that back up. So it's, it's a, it's a user now. I've never used it, but I did get a, did hone an edge on it. So, but you know, Great. it's it, but it, you know, you could tell this thing started out as a normal sized chisel, but now it's a little stubby thing because it's been sharpened back so many times. Yeah. So that just means it got a lot of love, lot of exactly. use. Exactly. Yeah. Or used as a paint can opener can way too many times. <laughs> I'm sure later in its life, that's probably what it was relegated yeah, to. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. So, Julio, what is your favorite tool currently? Oh, I would have to say currently always and pretty much always going to be as well uh the router okay it's lathe turning that i do i i take the router any day there's just a great feel to it i use it for everything that's my go-to and, and anybody who works with me or has worked with me they know the exact same thing it's a router now when you say that do you are you like diami and do you have like a baker's dozen routers each one, one with point, a specific bit at one point i did so I have my back, um, I'm a regular nine to five. I have my back bench and there's probably um, two full size routers, the Bosch, the 1617s, and there is uh, two DeWalt's, the trim routers, uh, the newer-ish ones, I guess. Yeah, and, yeah, the kind of uh, half in between a trim router and a regular router. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're very, and there's also two Makita battery powered routers as well as another DeWalt plunge router. And I would still like at least two more. <laughs> yeah, how do you like the battery powered routers compared well, to the... I like the, um, I like the battery powered. They're great. If you're trim routing and you don't have to move your bit, I do not like Makita adjustment, the height adjustment. Oh, I've heard that, yeah. So is, that, is that where the difference is? It's not in the power with the, with the battery operated one, but it's like some of the adjustment features. Well, powered ones i usually only keep them on to do very light work i don't use them to do like hog out like quarter inch material or do a lot of stuff i see a lot of people use them for that that's not really what i use it for i use it for very light touches eighth inch round over 16th round over and um when i do veneering i use it to flush trim my veneer other than that that's all the use they get hmm that makes sense that, that does yeah that is. yeah and i would so like to walk uh, something about the Milwaukee routers I like. I, uh, one of the Milwaukee routers has, uh, I guess you call it like a hand. You can slip your hand in there, and that hmm. seems very comfortable to me. With a trim router? It's almost like a glove. Yeah. It's actually that is more like the 1617 router. It's okay. Nice, but it's more like a it's more like a two-handed yeah. router though, isn't it? I mean, the, the body of that it, you gotta kind of get around. It, yeah, but at certain times, if you're routing something and you want to lift the router, you can actually stick your hand in there and lift the router with just one hand, and you'll be okay. 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 Seems kind of handy. I don't know. Uh, definitely want to try it. Hmm. Hmm. Well, cool, cool. So um, so who's influenced you the most in your woodworking? Uh, as far as a single person, that's a tough one. Uh, I would say that a lot of the people or graduates or students uh, from the Inside Passage School in Canada, mm -hmm. you guys this do you know the school or no yeah yeah i'm not yeah, sure I'm familiar with them yeah great uh so uh, they have a lot of great students come out of there and mm -hmm. it's based on james Krenov, 
and it's Robert Van Norman who runs it or used to run. Too sure. Haven't looked into them lately. Uh, if I had to pinpoint one person, I really like Kyle Sabree. He's a furniture maker in California and does a lot of great stuff. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar with a little bit of his work. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Fantastic stuff. It's, yeah. yeah. And he's setting up a new shop and his shop looks fantastic. And I just can't wait to see whatever he does next. Great. Great. Uh, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> what has been your biggest stumbling block in woodworking? Biggest stumbling block? I guess it might just be myself. <laughs> I'm kind of like, uh, I'm very hard on myself. I, I, I still think I, I'm okay. I don't think, but I'm not too sure, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's fair. I mean, I think that's a common thing. Um, yeah. I think the, the, the psychological term is imposter syndrome, and not to call you imposter at all, but it's that feeling that you're not quite worthy of doing what you're doing, even though you're probably pretty good at okay. what you're doing, you know? It's like, yeah. do, do you, are, is it fair that you're worth what people think you're worth, knowing what you know that you've done? You know, it's, it's kind of a complicated scenario. Yeah, but, um, that's a good way to that's... put it. I never looked into that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a common thing, uh, especially very... among woodworkers. I think we're of a certain kind of breed of mentality that <laughs> seems to be a, be a, be a, a, a I don't know, just a theme among uh among us it's like yeah i do i do okay work and then people look at it and go holy crap that is just fantastic you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you're like yeah you know you know <laughs> it's, it's this it's that it's and and it's it's i know it's pretty common I, I a lot of the discussions that i've been in or heard of of valuing your work i struggle incredibly with that because if if you knew that it took me eight hours, just eight hours, to make a thing, I can't pay you the, or I, I won't charge you the twenty, thirty dollars an hour that I'm worth, you know, yeah. because that would make that piece way too much, and I'd never move it, you know. And so I, you know, something simple like a, a, a cutting board. I made a cutting board. I, I, I gave it to a guy for a hundred dollars. The material was fifty, and it took me a week and a half to make it. Like, that's not, you know, I wasn't valuing my work necessarily, but I couldn't in that case. Like, there's no way. I know, sure, my time is worth a certain amount of time, but or a certain amount of money, but, you know, it's that's a difficult struggle to, to be in. And so, like, it's just trusting that you're you're good. And, and Julio, you are. Don't, you know, Thank don't. Thank you. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't, uh, don't let anyone say any differently, but it's, you know, that that is a legitimate legitimate thing and yeah i think kyle like you said i think it's incredibly common yeah yeah i think you know well what is the woodworkers thing hey as soon as we show a piece we go yeah and i got a little chip out over here and it didn't quite oh yeah work. yeah i mean you know, that, oh you know what you want to talk about my shed i could tell you all the mistakes i made oh I yeah tell you all of them but the picture I, that you looked at and you said that looks great like yeah, yeah it does until you look really close <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, except for that 10 degree tilt to the left it looks yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wow that sounds just like me like i'll build something and it's pretty elaborate and it's pretty awesome and then i'll be like and the people be like oh that looks great i was like it looks really great except for this over here but you don't really see it unless you get underneath it and look at it on the side I, yeah i'm usually the first person to point out in slight stuff but yeah right i mean that, that's that's constant you the the 
the one that does the work knows the highest detail of it. And it's hard to break away to know that not everyone sees it the same way that you do. All the minutia detail that you got into when making that and the the slip of a tool that made that slight mark that no one really will ever notice because it's underneath, behind, or otherwise, Yeah, you're fine. I just uh, built that table. I built a coffee table for a friend of mine. Her name is uh, Gina Hunt. And uh, we did the walnut with the black base on it. And there was this one tiny little thing I did in it. Uh, it's still mm-hmm. kind of, I still about it at night. For a, me, a slip yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it sucks when it happens, but you know, maybe it's not that serious. I mean, obviously, if it's not to a point where you've got to repair it, it's just minimal and it's hidden or whatever, you know, it's, it's fine. Uh, for me, most recently on this shed I built, this T111 siding's got faux wood grain on it. Well, I rolled it to paint it, right? And I used a, a high nap, you know, roller mm-hmm. that's supposed to get all the nooks and crannies. Well, this, the grain on this has pinholes that you cannot get into. And so if you look really closely, you see primer underneath the paint. But from 10 feet away, you don't see anything. It's yeah. fine. It's absolutely fine. I'm leaving it. You know, you'll never, ever, ever see it. I was up on a ladder yesterday, looking like working on a on a high trim piece, and I was like, "Damn it, I missed that! I can't believe I missed that groove!" You know, and it's not completely missed; it's mostly covered, but there's a lot of, of primer showing through. And I went, "I didn't see it before now, I guess, because no one else is good if I no. if I don't." Unless they climb up on a ladder and say, "Hey, unless the they, yeah, no one's gonna yeah. inspect." My- yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, it's just a common. I mean, uh, one of the things I got is you know I'm sending these these jigs that I'm making out to chair makers. So I'm always self-conscious. You know, I, I, as my, my wife likes to say when I'm criticizing uh, my yeah. kids sports going on, uh-huh. if you want to be the coach, go ahead. You know, if yeah. you want, if you say, if you think you can do better, <laughs> feel free. Feel free. It's uh, the exactly. opportunities there. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. If you yeah. thought you could do better, you wouldn't have bought it from me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well, I've gone well, over it a little bit, you know, so. One of the things I've been meaning to do, or my wife keeps telling me to do, is um, I have a lot of bowls in my shop that are turned. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, you should sell them. And I was like, oh, I don't know. So you should just put them on Etsy and sell them. And I'm always kind of like, oh, somebody gets it and they look at it. And they're like, oh, what about this little? She's like, yeah, sell them. They'll be fine. So yeah. it's one of my next things is uh, trying to get rid of all my bowls. If that means setting up a small Etsy page and selling a few bowls. It's just going to clear up my shop. Half the time I find the lumber or I have scraps left over. It just makes better sense than burning it. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. <laughs> Maybe that's what's next in the future. Do yourself a favor. Get Sell those things. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. It'll fund the electrical for the bandsaw. Exactly. Uh, you exactly. You, you know. So um, with that, uh, how has the internet influenced you? The internet's been great. I mean, the ability, I just really like the um, the chance to reach out to other woodworkers and get, uh, just ask a question. Like, hey, how do you guys do go about this? And the answers are great. The interactions are great. I think that's my favorite part about it, is being able to communicate with other woodworkers as far as their ongoing projects and your ongoing projects. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree with you. And yes, such, you know, one of one things I like is the way everyone shares information out there. So that's just fantastic. I was just saying that there's not too many secrets in woodworking. I mean, I definitely don't have any secrets. If there's anything anybody wants to know, I'm more than willing to share it or try to explain mm-hmm. it the best I can. 
Exactly, exactly. So and that's the coolest thing about Instagram. It's always been that way. Mm-hmm. I, I hope it never changes. And but it's it's from pretty much its inception. The community has been something that people have talked about. And then, Kurt's doing them. Um, you know, now we got Curtis Buchanan on there doing them. But many people, many people in the community, and um, I hate to call out two names and miss a hundred more, one hundred fifty more, right? Yeah, exactly. But so many people are posting stuff. You know, through uh, through their posts or videos or whatever. And this is how you. This is how I do this particular task. You know. And, uh, I mean, so many times that's been, you know, so helpful, including, you know, our guests here tonight. So with that, so Julio, where can uh, folks find you on the uh, interwebs? Uh, you can find me at way too dusty on Instagram. And Sean, what about yourself? I'm uh, Sean W 78 on Instagram and anywhere else. Kyle. Uh, you can always find me at Barton.Kyle on Instagram, the only social media platform that matters. And with that, that just about wraps it up for this show. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. Then you'll never miss any of our exciting episodes. So while you're there, please leave us a review. And thanks for listening to the five questions episode. You can follow us on MWA underscore national on Instagram, MWA underscore podcast. Oh, that's on Instagram. Twitter is MWA underscore national. It's all confusing. It's all MWA MWA underscore something. Look for the MWA and something, and you'll find us on that social media platform that you like, Uh, hopefully Instagram. The best thing you can do, though, is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way. That's how we find all our guests. We start talking to people. That's what we're all about. So get out there and talk.